Welcome, boils and ghouls and creatures of the night. This is a special episode of the Filmgasm Podcast. I'm Josh Allred. And I'm Kale Luce. And I am Ty Krebs. Yeah, let's kick this shit. It's Filmgasm. all right guys yes here we are in a very interesting little setup it's me and caleb again but we have also gone to the depths of the underworld to bring a friend of mine uh, into this because I've mentioned him before as he's kind of like my pusher man. He's uh, he's thrown lots of movies and music at me over the years, and I probably wouldn't be the depraved individual I am uh, without without him. So I'm really happy to have Ty here with us um, and Caleb, I guess. Two of my best fiends here. Uh, we're going to be talking about horror, metal, and we're also going to be talking about horror metal movies. Uh, yeah, learn talking about bands, talking about the genre overall, like where it started, where its roots are at. Uh, and we're also going to talk about horror movies, obviously. And we're also going to talk about, as uh, Ty likes to put it, where they come together and make uh, disgusting babies. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, l- let's go ahead and get this started. So, Ty, can you give us a little history lesson right now on uh, on a uh, metal? All right. So we we kind of spoke about this the other day, but in my opinion, and anytime that you talk about heavy metal and horror movies, but especially heavy metal, there's always going to be that one person who's like, "But actually," so. The way I always kind of saw it is, you know, you had bands like Blue Cheer that were kind of heavy and Led Zeppelin came out a little bit before this, but really where the nuclear bomb of heavy metal went off was Black Sabbath. And that is absolutely horror. Uh, I mean, in a very heavy metal move, their first song off their first album is Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath on the album Black Sabbath. And that to me that's where heavy metal was born that is like i said the nuclear bomb that went off nobody sounded like that nobody was doing the the demonic tritones nobody was seeped in the imagery and the language of horror and heavy metal like that and you know for those who don't know the history of the band which is like insanely well documented They were kind of a heavy blues band. Tony Iommi loses a finger, gets a plastic prosthesis, has to detune his strings a little bit so he can can play them. That makes the sound really heavy. Geezer Butler was into the occult, and they saw that people were lining up to see this movie, Black Sabbath. And they were like, you know, there's something to this horror thing. We're kind of hippies, but at the same time, we have this really grim outlook. And 
if y'all have ever seen like what Birmingham, England was like in the 60s and 70s, it was pretty industrial, pretty grim, pretty bleak. So they put that all together and come out with Black Sabbath. And it is drenched in horror, like I said. So really heavy metal at its roots. It's the horror. Um, And as you go through it, like, you know, you had, especially in the 70s, you had like Alice Cooper, which some people might not consider that metal, but for the time, you know, that was, that was very heavy. That was definitely a lot heavier than like the Archies or something like that, you know? And that too, that is all horror. And it, it, it just kind of launched from there. Well, so. I think like, um, especially with Alice Cooper, like you start to get into like shock rock and things like that. And Alice Cooper has said yeah. many times that he was also a big fan of like the Grand Guignol and how that whole fucking theater troupe was solely devoted to like reenacting horrific moments from real life and having these elaborate stage shows where people quote unquote died and whatnot. And, you know, that got aped when blood sucking freaks comes out. Um, so, I mean, like, and, and, and even that as, as its own kind of like sub genre, like continue to evolve over time. It's not something that a lot of bands do because it takes a lot of fucking work. And if you do it wrong, you look like an, an idiot, but if you're doing it well, you're fucking guar. So I think there's, I think there's a, there's absolutely like an evolution you can chart through like those early days with Black Sabbath and like this really like really depressed, like busted ass working class town that just beat people up. I mean, to have to have your finger lopped off and still be able to play guitar. You know, if you talk to some drunk asshole in a bar, they're like, yeah, that's metal as fuck, bro. And then they go on to become one of the best best bands period but also the godfathers of of metal i mean what what happens from there to like where we find a lot of the the heavy metal horror movies that we have in the in the late 70s and and through the 80s like what well, what 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 bands were were coming around then well i mean like really it's I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's kind of a weird, weird situation. Cause really in the seventies, you didn't have a lot of heavy metal horror movies. It was still, I mean, like they were still kind of separate and you had bands that were writing songs about horror movies. And like, even you had like the Ramones did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It wasn't until MTV. And to me, that's always kind of funny because there was the, like all the heavy metal horror movies you had of the eighties, they were all, kind of based on you know like the glam metal scene like look at trick-or-treat yeah it's 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 metal but it's still it's you know it's the one of the guys from motorhead you know the guy who went on to be in flogging molly which is bizarre um but yeah oh no we'll talk about that asshole (laughs) uh i think he's kind of loosening up a little bit but yeah with that oddly enough it's mtv it's the glam rock it's everybody getting to see the imagery of heavy metal and going from that and going that would make a good horror movie because like metal bands of the 70s like black sabbath you hear them 
but then you see them and you're like, oh shit, it's just some hippies from England. Um, you know, like they're not even wearing the inverted crosses. Uh, another crucial step on that is, even though they never did horror music, is Kiss. Uh, look at Gene Simmons. That guy comes out, he's got bat wings, he's breathing fire, he's spitting blood, and then he's you know, singing about being Dr. Love. But that imagery held for a lot of bands. And that's when you get into, you know, you've got, you know, especially in the early 80s, you had Venom. A little bit later, you had Bathory. All these kinds of bands where the jump is that you had like Motley Crue and especially Wasp are seeing this kind of stuff they're kiss fans and they come out looking like horror movie characters they they're pre-made horror movie villains then you have the filmmakers seeing that and going all right so this guy would make an awesome villain and that's how you get you know like sammy kerr uh you get it's kind of the imagery and everything starting to meld together at this point that I makes think, sense oh no 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 it it, it totally does because i think right around that time too like in 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 the real world you had the rise of the pmrc who were trying to take down all of these bands and you know other artists for their explicit content and things like that and it's it's especially the case with trick or treat because that movie absolutely like leaned whole hog into that whole argument and like they had that scene where uh, Sammy Kerr is testifying or whatever. And, you know, that's fucking that's what uh, D Snyder did and kind of showing them how hypocritical they were um, and being able to kind of take real life, put it into a movie. But then also all of the bad things that they were afraid of, they're like, well, fuck it. Let's just show them what that would look like. Um and you just get this wild, outrageous movie that to me is probably like the movie I think about when I think about this very small subgenre of of horror. And I mean, I, I came up with a list and it's th there's almost certainly more and probably some more on like a tangential level. But there's about like 30 movies I came up with that kind of fit this bill more or less. But Trick or Treat is absolutely right at the top. Um, I mean, we oh, I agree. I mean, you and I, especially like that movie means a lot because it was shot in Wilmington. So like we get to point and look and like, oh, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, I know where that is. Oh, they did that shit off the fucking Isabella Holmes Bridge. Like wonderful. Um, so well, that's that's why it's like near and dear to my heart. But like you said, um, the the music that is associated with that is very much like quote unquote, what I like to call butt rock basically. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it's a lot more dangerous because Sammy does like in envision all of that. He's like the absolute worst nightmare for all of these uptight parents who were worried about, you know, their daughters getting taken, taken away by rock stars. And like, I've, I've always made this joke that like the guys in those bands with like Molly Crew, Poison, Warren, all stuff, you know, like they wore eyeliner, they wore all these leather clothes and stuff. And it's like they looked like your sister, but they would totally kick your ass and take your girlfriend. That is true. Um, 
likewise, another another big element you're you know you're talking about the PMRC and 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 all of that. That was it's not it's not necessarily the pinnacle, but it's it's kind of getting towards the summit of the satanic panic. And that I mean, briefly, there's there's the book Michelle remembers. Yeah, that comes out, and then that sparks this whole wave of you know there's a satanic coven in every town they're doing nothing but like breeding and killing and eating babies everywhere and oh yeah every every daycare had a basement in there where all the kids were yeah murdered. I, I yeah i don't i don't know if you've ever read michelle remembers but i haven't but i've but i've listened to some uh some podcasts that uh that used it as like source material and yeah. it is some of the most insane horseshit i've ever read or well, heard rather <laughs> well like a big part of it is is like she's like between the ages of 13 to 15, I had like five babies or something. It's, it's so physically ridiculous for any of these events to have occurred, but it's so dramatic and over the top that people saw it and they ate it up. And, you know, at the, at the time, once again, it's, you know, if we're, if we're talking about the, the early eighties, late seventies, early eighties, I feel like that too was another factor where, at this time you know the heavy metal bands are being persecuted by all this and horror movies are being persecuted for this and they're kind of like well if they're gonna stick us in the in this on the same bus then you know we should probably be friends oh totally totally so i think that's that's another big factor and then you've got you know once again like trick-or-treat if you're gonna make a horror movie at that point in time what are the two hot button issues heavy metal horror movies let's Let's, let's stick them together. Let's put that chocolate in the peanut butter and see what happens. And um, yeah, so that's, that's, and I realize we're talking a lot about trick or treat. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's something to get into is, you know, you've got trick or treat. That one's great. The other one that really nails that like satanic panic vibe is the gate. Uh, you got the, the normal kids and then you've got the weirdo best friend that's got his bedroom covered with iron maiden posters which initially for me that's why i loved that movie because I, I i totally identify with that kid i was like look at this little geek with glasses his room's covered with iron maiden posters that's that, that kid could be my best friend oh yeah so, definitely yeah and it's like it uh wasn't it like a uh, backward masking or whatever that like got the the gate opened I believe so yeah and you know young steven dorf fucking fighting uh claymation demons and, and like that movie i i shit you not the first time i saw it it literally scared the shit out of me like because i mean we we as kids back then like that was like cutting edge technology you know like i was still seeing like fucking seven voyages of sinbad and fucking uh some other uh ray harry and stuff and like phil Tippett doing the stop motion in robocop and and all of that so like that was like that was that was the that was the fucking shit to see in movies and it was you 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 didn't really have anything else to like judge it against you know like now you yeah you watch it and you're like oh yeah it is kind of hokey but it's it's still an effective effective little romp like caleb like you've you've seen it so like what do you what do you think about the gate Oh no, you haven't. I'm not seeing the gate. God, you suck. I was I trying keep, to I, I was trying meaning, to tee you up for this. I keep meaning to to grab your copy to watch and it it slips my mind. It's been sitting there for months and you've just slandered me and our friendship that way. I can't believe you. Do you realize how many things are sitting here that I never get to? I mean, that's your fault. You need to 
pause your YouTube list and watch a movie for fuck's sake. Let's calm down. <laughs> That's a little inside well, baseball for you guys. If, if you've never seen The Gate, I cannot recommend it enough. The, you know, you're talking about the effects. The one that still to this day blows my mind and I think holds up insanely well is when the worker comes out of the wall, falls and hits the ground and turns into the little the little demon things. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> that is a miracle of practical effects, stop motion animation and incredible editing. Oh yeah. Like that you can't, awesome. you can't get, you can't get those kinds of things. If you don't have like real pros at the top of their game. And I think that's why that movie like still is one of my favorite, um, my my favorite when I talk about like you know gateway horror movies and stuff like that like it's it's just scary enough but it doesn't go too far and I think that's that's because you have kids as the protagonist so it's like you're you're never gonna see them like full body explode or anything like that but it's it's still it's still wonderful and I plan to scar my children with it one day yeah it's great well you know maybe this isn't the best suggestion but I was gonna say it's a great movie for kids. Um, you know that's that's at least when we were kids that was a great movie for kids Uh, but at the same time like when when i was a kid in the 80s at least where i grew up like if you were eight nine years old and you didn't have a kiss army patch on your jacket you got the shit beat out of you they're like oh you're listening to madonna what is that get some get some judas priest in there for real there's nothing wrong with being hell bent for leather (laughs) <laughs> having stained class so yeah that's uh that's i mean like that's i don't know all right well okay so i i want to bring this one up because i think it's like probably one of the best examples of something that's been like in more recent times and caleb can actually talk about it because he's seen it thankfully so you can just stop sitting here um how dare you go on deathgasm yeah i just the, i donated the, to the kickstarter for the second one the first time i saw that it was so much fun like it didn't take itself seriously it knew it knew what it was doing and it like it, it could make fun of itself and it had great gore um a real simple premise and again, it was touching on these like taboo things, even to this day, which is still a joke to me about like demonic uh, forces being associated with metal and these kids being so eager to play the darkest shit that they could get their hands on. And it just goes spectacularly wrong. Um, plus, you know, watching a kid beat his uh, aunt and uncle up with a uh with a fucking giant black dildo is still one of uh one of the best things i've seen in a movie so caleb talk about it oh what a what a tee up no uh yeah i actually really i do actually really like deathgasm uh i think for me like you know i was i was born 92 so like a lot of the this the the metal stuff they talk on especially like the bands both classic and a little bit obviously a little bit more modern for that film i was i was getting excited i was like oh hey there's you know Getting excited seeing all the posters of like early Trivium albums or Priest and stuff like that. But also it like I think you you made a good comment with um 
talking about like stuff that is still taboo because I grew up with my mom being very, very Catholic. And I remember getting into having to hear it. Oh, it's just phase when I was getting into metal and the, the fight I had to have and mind you, this was pre the stuff going on Manson now, but when I had to have to be like, just let me buy a Marilyn Manson CD. Let me get his greatest hit CD. And that was like the, that was the one thing that was like, no, he's satanic. I'm like, no, he's not. And while our parents were halfway wrong about Manson, um, at least we know he's not satanic that we know of. Um, either way, it the fact that I think by the time that that was in the 2000s, when I had that like argument with my parents, luckily my dad kind of pulled through on that one. Yeah, the fact that he, I think the film what came on 2015 shows you that even well after the you know the uh, satanic panic of the uh, late 70s and 80s and all that stuff, like it still hasn't fully gone away. There's still a lot of this stuff attached to heavy metal, to horror films. You know, I grew up in a small town in Texas, so I was the weird, quote unquote, the weird guy that wasn't listening really to a lot of rap or like country. I was blasting, you know, Slipknot or Lamb of God or something when I, you know, left school for the day or went to school in the morning. All right, Ty, Deathgasm, where do you stand? Oh, boy. Uh, I like it. Um, I think for me, the, the, the humorous aspects were were done correctly. Uh, so I'm I'm a little bit older, uh, a lot bit older, ancient. I yes, we all know you're 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 older than time itself. <laughs> so with that, I I was a teenager in the '90s. I me and all my friends were super into. At the time, we didn't properly know the name for it, so we called it evil death metal. But black metal, when that was first coming out, and you had, you know, it was technically the second run of of mayhem. But you had, you know, Burzum Emperor. Emperor was a huge one for all of us. So we went through the first wave of all the bands that were coming out in Corpse Paint, and we're like, oh man, they look like Kiss, but they actually sound like Kiss should have. <laughs> um, and the other thing too is like they've got all the spikes and chains. So once again, they were fulfilling the promise that Wasp was given us when you saw Blackie come out with a giant saw blade for a dick piece. So we loved that stuff. You get a little bit older. And I mean, like, you know, once again, as teenagers, you hear that and you're like, oh man, these guys live out in the forest and they're worshiping Satan and they live by candlelight only and they record only in a haunted castle basement you get a little bit older and you get some perspective on that. And you're like, nah, these guys, Fenry's from dark throne works for the postal service. He loves his cats. Uh, they're just normal people. So for me, Deathgasm was funny in that it poked fun at that to some degree. And my favorite scene, and it's been memed to death is that, that, that is the one where he's like sitting on a bench talking to the, the blonde haired girl in corpse paint eating ice cream, right? Yeah. That is, yeah, okay. Yeah, that nailed it for me. It's gotten to the point where it is, and I hate using the word like meta or self-referential, but it's it gets what the metal scene actually is about. That, yeah, this is, this is serious music and you can listen to it and you can be serious about it, but at the end of the day, like you're going home, you're you're petting on your kitty cats, you're having discussions about what's for dinner. And that's that's true life. 
so that made that made me like Deathgasm a lot. Um, it did it did the thing I praise that for the thing that Lords of Chaos did. Uh, have you guys seen Lords of Chaos? Uh, I I haven't watched it, but I watched uh, Until the Light Takes Us, and mm-hmm. you know, like really getting into like that whole story and like once you like like you said, like you kind of like peel back the mystique of like what they were on stage and find out that like, they're just a bunch of Lord of the Rings nerds who <laughs> wanted to, exactly. wanted to make something that was so exclusively theirs that even the people who were in the larger umbrella of like metal and stuff, they were like, yeah, you just don't get this. We're just too dark for you. We're, we're not even heavy metal. We're black metal, you know? And it's just like, like you said, you get some perspective on it and you're like, this is just a bunch of dorks. Like, and I applaud them, you know, like the whole DIY aspect of it, you know, using whatever they could to record and get their stuff out. Like that's, that's impressive in and of itself. But when you start to kind of like blur those lines between like what your music is and then full on like burning churches and murdering people, like, yeah, I think you might have a lot more problems than just not being the cool kid in the fucking school. Oh no, I totally agree. Um, with, with all of that said, uh, I, I highly recommend Lords of Chaos. Uh, that one to kind of, to kind of, you know, back up the point on that, a lot of it's, I don't mean to, to categorize everybody, but it's a, it's a lot of the younger fans were the ones that were like, Oh, I hated Lords of Chaos. It's because it shows them, you know they're they're in their their black metal makeup and they're like out in the woods partying and blasting except which I thought was great. Yeah, that's hilarious. They're it shows them like like Euronymous hanging out with his little sister and he dyes his hair black for the first time. And she's like, "You look stupid as shit." <laughs> um, but it, it shows them as goofy goofy kids, and then like the scene where they meet Varg. And he goes up to him and points at his Scorpions patch, which is supposed to be a Motley Crue patch, but Motley Crue wouldn't give him the rights. Points at the Scorpions patch and is like, you can't be with us because you listen to the Scorpions. It, it's, yeah, show the, show the goofy side. Show that they're, they're still assholes, but they're still goofy assholes. And that's what Deathgasm did for me in a very good manner, in a very humorous manner. And then still managed to you know, throw in some supernatural craziness and have fun with it yeah totally i mean i'm 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 looking forward to seeing what can come about with the sequel um did you ever see uh fucking uh guns akimbo no i did not okay so same director and i think it was it was a really good like second effort and you can kind of tell that like at, at least from these few movies that i've seen like he has a very uh almost Raimi like frenetic use of the camera and it's kind of like its own little character in a way at times. And if he can, and it's going to be hard if he can find a way to capture the, the mood and keep the, keep the humor in it. Deathgasm two's got a shot for me. I mean, I, I mean, I'll watch it. Why not? I'm a slut for fucking horror movies anyway. So, <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like I'll I'll give just about anything that's heavy metal and horror together a shot, even though you know, like we were kind of discussing this that the vast majority of them really are not good because they don't they they miss one side or the other. It either focuses 
on the metal or it focuses on the horror and or it's done by somebody who's not really into either and i don't know it doesn't quite join up yeah no there's plenty there's plenty of examples of where like and especially with like when 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 you're talking about the music it's like did you even do any research or like go to a record store and like ask the fucking guy behind the counter like hey what's good right now what's good metal right now (laughs) it's always like the worst shit and i think one that comes to mind and we had just watched it recently me and caleb was hard rock zombies and i like to call this in parentheses not so hard rock zombies because it is some of the lamest fucking music i have ever heard like it's like oh come on oh cassie Casey, no, it's Cassie. Cassie. It's Cassie. This fucking guy like opining for this underage girl. And it's like, clearly this dude is like in his thirties and he's got, and he's got a chub for an underage girl, which is just like, holy fuck. I forgot because I hadn't seen it in so long. That was, that, that was the case. And then from there, it just like, shoehorns in the zombie aspect of it and then it goes full fucking Nazi rock zombie band versus Hitler like what the <laughs> fuck like so 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 for me that one like okay so right off the bat hard rock zombies it is a it is a pile of shit but <laughs> where it, it wins for me and where I will recommend that to people is kind of as like you know what they refer to as like a psychotronic movie. One of those ones where you're like, it is so weird. I can't believe this exists. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, any movie that has Hitler and his wife's a werewolf. And there's the two, like the two midgets that want to have, watch him have sex. What, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um, not only that. So, so just like a little bit of history behind that. It's, can't remember if it's the producer or the director was from the Bollywood scene, and that's why there's all the dancing in that movie. I so I think it's the director. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is the director. But yeah, that's why there's all of the the weird dancing from the band, and and yeah, like like that shot know, of them like, on the bridge, dancing on the bridge with traffic behind them. You're like, what the fuck is going on right now? I, I think my personal I think that he wanted to make a horror movie because that's what's that's what's gonna sell. Like you can always bank on horror movies. Came over and was like, all right, so I come from this tradition of Bollywood where we we have musicals. What's what's the music of the day? And especially in the eighties, that was heavy metal reign supreme as far as if you want to get the kids in the seats. And that's how this comes together. And it's it's a whole bunch of crap that doesn't work but somehow gels together to be this incredibly bizarre thing i still have no idea why let's have hitler and midgets but yeah that that works on that level all right caleb this was your first time seeing it what was uh what was your reaction you can't predict what's going to happen next um (laughs) see look he's look speechless i I ah oh god, it's not a good movie. It's not good at all. Um, but, but that's someone, what makes it good. Yeah. Honestly, if someone's like, "Do you want to watch this?" Gonna be like, you know what? Put it on. Fuck it. See, again, 
I've I've as as long as I've been doing this podcast, like I've always, you know, labeled a movie as a party movie. Hard Rock Zombies, total party movie. Like you have enough people in there and somebody's gonna find something to latch onto and they're gonna have that inevitable what the fuck am I watching moment. And it's just and it just keeps happening. Like it doesn't just happen once, doesn't happen twice. It happens like 14 times in this movie where it just keeps turning left and right. And you just like you said, you can't predict where this movie is going to end from the beginning of it to the end. What happens? It's just it's a total fucking fever dream of a movie. By the time they establish that to kill these zombies or whatever, they have to fuck. They have to get them horned up. I'm like, all right, fuck it. This is what we're doing now. Let's go movie. <laughs> Zombies are horny. You ever seen Return of the Living Dead three? Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> I think I think Hard Rock Zombies. It would be a great party movie if you if you have some friends coming over and then they're going to bring some friends that you don't like. Yes. Then yes. you put on Hard Rock Zombies, and then when that's done, if they're still sitting there, you put on the Boxers Omen. Oh my God! Yes. Fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's a hell of a fucking double feature. So yeah, there you go. That's the that's the weeding out of the like we can still be friends, but I don't like your friends, so I'm gonna make them watch boxers only. Yeah. And then and then they come up to you afterwards like, why'd you do that? I didn't <laughs> like them. <laughs> like because they were dicks. I wanted them um, to leave. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so have you have you along those lines and i'm just thinking of this because vinegar syndrome put it out as like a two-pack they did hard rock zombies and slaughterhouse rock i've only seen the trailer and i haven't watched slaughterhouse rock yet but i think you're gonna have to um you're gonna have to sell it to me because i just might watch it after we're done with this well i mean you should you should watch it just because it's you know shitty 80s horror but the it's it's promoted as being like a heavy metal horror movie it is not the soundtracks by devo which is the most unmetal band i love devo uh, oh yeah i love devo like, Mark mother's ball is a phenomenal like film composer who would have thunk it yeah well, it did the rugrats theme great yeah. yeah um so devo does the soundtrack and the spirit in the movie that shows up that's supposed to be from this like old rock band thing is Tony Basil. So the 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 <laughs> oh Mickey, you're so fine. Yeah. Hot hot off of that, um, you know, amazing earworm. She goes and does slaughterhouse rock. That's a great way to sink your it is not yeah, it is like I said, it's not a heavy metal movie at all, but it was promoted as that. It doesn't even it doesn't even really rock. Um, and there's not a lot of slaughter. Uh but it does have some really, really good special effects. Um, there's some really cool transformations. So I highly recommend it. Just go in go in with the same same energy as as hard rock zombies, and you won't be disappointed. Okay, done deal. I'm sold. All right, um, let's see. Let's let's find another one of these to talk about. Let's talk about another one that was a little more recent. Uh, Devil's Candy, first one that wants to talk about it. Go for it. All right, just throw the ball 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 out there. Uh, I saw this when I think it hit Netflix Shutter. I forget which one. I know it hit one of the streamers, and I watched it 
because I think actually you told me about Josh. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll check this out. And yeah, I really like this idea of like really, again, kind of like really embracing this idea of like, let's just say, what if there is an actual like note that causes you to like get like quote unquote possessed? Kind of, I know they kind of go a little different routes with the film and be and um, do the stuff. I, I ended up really liking it and had a good time with it, but I really, it's been a few years since I've seen it, so I'm a little rusty. Uh, for me, that one and The Devil's Candy, if I remember right, came out right around the same time. Yes. And the two... Hey, that's Gasm, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, no, okay, Devil's Candy and Dark Song. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two, those two came out around the same time, and I remember one of them had an artist in it. Devil's Candy. It's kind of neat. Okay. Trying to remember which one had the Sun soundtrack because I think I tuned out of watching the movie and I was just paying attention to the Sun music because I think that might have actually been Devil's Candy. Okay, I think so. I I'm a huge fan of Sun, so I'm just like, no, you got me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, hit the drone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of that, and like the um the the way that the 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 guy um is playing the guitar because like he has no musical ability he's just like droning the guitar to like keep these voices from compelling him to murder little kids and it's mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's got to be it's got to be some that does the does a lot of the soundtrack for that along those lines i don't mean to just steer the conversation elsewhere but to me the best Heavy metal movie of the last, I don't know, like 20 years, Mandy. That is the most metal movie I think I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. You've got the soundtrack. It's, it's, uh, God, it's Johan Johansson, I believe is his name. Yeah. But it's very, very sun like. She's wearing a Black Sabbath shirt. His weapon is the X or the F from the Celtic Frost logo. Mm hmm. And to me, that's what a heavy metal should be, or heavy metal movie should be, is just go balls out, make the visuals match the auditory, you know, whatever you got in there. Um, well, yeah, and your villain has to be a fan of the fucking Carpenters, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So make him a shitty hippie folk singer, uh, cult aspects, grisly murder. Nicholas Cage freaking out in his undies, drinking vodka in the bathroom, and Cheddar Goblin, <laughs> uh, which is the greatest Bella. mascot ever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I still like the first time I watched it. I think it came out like right after I got back from my first deployment, and actually, me and Caleb watched it together. We, we synced up because I was, um, I was at aztec school at the time that's so right. in san diego yeah yeah yeah. and we like messaged when to start at the same time on shutter because i remember we were texting each other throughout the whole thing yeah well i was reduced to watching it on my fucking computer screen oh man room. yeah that yeah that movie like it has it has that beautiful marriage of very haunting like disturbing visuals and a very like sour like depressing mood throughout the whole thing but then it's like punctuated with these intense chaotic moments and it like it forces you to feel it like 
there are movies that are like unexperienced, but you're kind of still like there's that there's that distinct line between where the movie is and where you are. Mandy like sucks you in. And I remember watching it for the first time. And I'm just like that whole moment after uh, Mandy's killed and he's on the couch and he's like fucking just out of his mind. And then the fucking cheddar goblin comes on. Like I thought I was hallucinating and <laughs> so much so that I I did. I did pick up a couple of boxes of the cheddar goblin. So like they're on my shelf and shit. And I, I think for me, especially because we're, we're pretty close in age tie that like you see these weird fucking commercials that were marketed specifically for kids and some of it was just some of like the most revolting stuff ever like watching kids get puked on by a goblin puppet was like it it really gave me like this weird like oh i remember when i was a kid and commercials we had commercials like this they don't make them like they used to well we grew up in the age of garbage pail kids uh, mm-hmm. every all of our toys were like buy this toy because it has boogers and snot hanging out of it <laughs> yeah and we all and we all wanted my pet monster oh yeah uh all the mad scientists there was a there was a mad scientist toy uh, i don't know if you got into any of the line of the mad scientist toys when you were growing up uh there was one called the alien autopsy yes i know exactly what you're talking alien. about you know, I, I still have mine and you opened it up and pulled all of his guts out and it had like goo and and oozy nastiness inside of it and you'd wash it off and you put them all back together and you put them up on your shelf so you're like i've got the urge to dissect a weird alien monster again there you go like and that was i mean if that's not fucking metal i don't know what is we didn't we didn't have these yeah my childhood well yeah no because your childhood sucked let's calm down let's just saying look (laughs) look if you're if your toys couldn't kill you you did not have a good childhood that's all i'm gonna say Bionicles. Well, I think that's, that's the Bionicles. that's the actor effects. Yeah, right. We turned out fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that was kind of the well, yeah. All the all the the nineties toys, especially, they were like much much tamer. I think that's kind of the after effects of the Satanic Panic. Like while we were in it in the eighties. You know, everything takes a little little time to get going and to get to put out on the shelves. So in the eighties, they were making that to appeal to the crowd, and then the satanic panic hits. Oprah does her thing. Geraldo does her thing. There's the moral panic. So by the nineties, you got everything that was kind of neon and plastic and boring as shit. And then we got Jankos. So, and hell was truly unleashed. There we go. Yeah, yeah. The, the the real Antichrist was uh fucking in sync. Ugh, don't even get me started. All right. Um what? No, no, I will no. How dare you? I'm gonna kick you off this fucking episode. You keep talking like that. I got more nine suit, so I was a kid when all this stuff was going on. <laughs> we won. Um the thing okay, so going going back real quick to, to Devil's Candy, like Part of it resonating with me was the relationship that Ethan Embry had with his daughter and seeing kind of like the the metal dad having a kid that like 
wanted to be exactly like him. And I really like latched onto that. And I was not expecting fucking Ethan Embry to give the performance that he does in that movie. And it's like, it's really, really good, especially in those moments where he gets like sucked in to, you know, the obsession of, of painting and then like what's happened or what is happening around him. It like, it just like flows through him and you get these really manic, um, scenes where he's just like furiously painting and he has no idea what he's painting and it's just like it's really really good and then like by the end of it you get this incredible sequence with like and i hate like slow motion fucking filmmaking it pisses me off to no end but that whole sequence when everything's coming down at the end and he's like taking the guitar and everything is on fire around him and shit it's it's like it's just like that whole fucking it just hits. It just hits all the right notes for me. And I still like go back to it every now and again, <clears throat> just to be like, Oh, I'm glad I got, I'm glad I'm raising a little shit kicker of a daughter who can carry on the torch, so to speak. Um, And that movie to me, like came out of nowhere. So I was really, um, I was really impressed with it. And I mean, it's good to know that, horror and metal didn't get killed by movies like fucking monster dog or fucking shit like that. Or fucking, uh, what did I want? Oh, I watched lone wolf lone wolf. I told Ty, <laughs> I did him the favor of not watching that movie. Fucking don't watch that movie or do yeah, I mean, again, if you want to piss, you know, your date off or whatever, and you're ready to break things off, show him fucking lone wolf or monster dog. They will never talk to you again. Well, yeah, Lone Wolf was one that I've never seen, but yeah, that it it, it looks like complete and total dog shit. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't work as a werewolf movie. It doesn't work as a fucking heavy metal horror movie, and it it does it commits the fucking cardinal sin for me of any movie is to be boring. Like I was, I fought my way through watching this fucking thing. Like I had to like force myself to like not turn it off. And you know, like a lot of the actors, they're supposed to be high schoolers. They look like they're fucking 30. Um, the metal in quotation marks in the fucking movie is again, it's fucking glam rock, butt rock bullshit. And the guy's only tough. Cause he fucking teases his hair and he wears fucking jean jackets. Is it, is it like one of those things like, I'm metal, and then you hear a Creed song playing. More or, or less, or more something. or less, it's like baby, baby, baby. <laughs> why won't you come home with me, baby? Like Ty was Ty. Ty made a joke about that when we were talking about this uh, in the lead up to the episode. We was talking about Blackie Lawless and like how tough they looked, and fucking. He's like, yeah, girl, I'm gonna. Uh, here's my here's my zodiac sign. We should make out. Oh, girl. <laughs> well, that. It, like okay, so it's it's gonna sound like I'm bashing on on a lot of this shit. I'm a huge Wasp fan. <laughs> oh, I know you are. I am too. I, love I fucking Wasp. love Wasp. Uh, but that said, like they're they're one of their heaviest songs. Like you watch the video for Love Machine. You know, it starts off with him like creeping around this this globe, and he's like snarling and looks hideous. And then the first line is him giving his zodiac signs. Yeah, he's like, have you know me, the the love machine? Uh, my Leo is rising. Venus made me king. Like, what the, what the fuck is that? 
that's I mean that's it, in, in the context if you didn't see the band you're like oh great cool you know you're into astrology that's cool dude but then you see them and you're like man what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> yeah so speaking speaking of wasp and just because I, I happened to walk into the other room um dungeon master does that count as a heavy metal horror movie I it's mean got, it's, it's got wasp in it <laughs> You know what? We're 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 making the rules. So yeah, fucking dungeon master. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um and I and I and I actually just thought about this as as we were talking. Um did you ever see uh Bliss? Yes, I did. The fucking the fucking playlist for oh. that movie is fucking great and it's really fucking Yes. I have uh what is it do I have it on I don't remember. I, I think I picked it up where they. Oh yeah, it's um, it's in the uh, it's in that uh, Arrow Video fucking box set. I got that. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah, that fucking that and like Evil Speaker like like tied in my brain is like a permanent like double feature of just nerds and fucking mayhem. Oh, Evil Speak is great. Um, you know, let's use a computer to summon up Satan to kill the guy who uh killed your puppy dog yeah <laughs> don't fuck with clint howard <laughs> oh no i totally agree that one's great uh did you it's it's not really like not really a horror movie it's more of like a road movie but it's got some really good fucking gore and it's about a metal band did you ever see heavy trip i have not seen heavy trip yet okay that so, is that is on board yeah 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 they're gonna be making a sequel. so like it's from Finland, I think, and it's just about these dudes trying to make a band, and they're all getting together, and their bass player is... Okay, so first off, their band's name is Impaled Rectum, with a K, not a C, obviously, because Ks are way more metal. Um, yeah. And he, every time somebody asks him what they play, this is his description of their style of music. Symphonic, post-apocalyptic, reindeer-grinding, Christ-abusing, extreme-war, pagan, Finno-Scandian metal. Good if stuff. That, if that doesn't sound like the fucking guy with, like, 500 patches on his tiny denim vest, and he's telling you, like, this is what you need to listen to, but you're too scared to because you're not cool like me, I don't know what is. That's like the guy that knows, that knows the difference between brutal technical death metal and technical brutal death metal. Like they can tell you the minute difference. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there is a minute difference. <laughs> it's the fucking it's the guy at the record store with his arms crossed, looking at you, and you're fucking picking up like a Venom record. He's like, "You think you know metal?" Hmm. Right? You grab Cam. Cam Corpse, no, who hasn't heard them? What the hell did? Amateurs. <laughs> well, so that's 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 another thing too with with all of this is there's there is a gatekeeping element, but then there's also a huge like the vast majority of at least the metalheads I know that are that are super into this stuff. They're like, oh, if you like this band, here's 75 other bands that you're going to like. And oh my God, did you listen to this? And I mean, like, that can be just as annoying in its own right. But yeah, the the gatekeepery assholes, you know, they, they got to go. So that's, that's an interesting um, 
point to bring up, and I think it's where I'll I'll interject and talk about the uh, the history of metal and horror. That um, it's kind of like a Talking Heads documentary, and it um, it like basically is talking to musicians and 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 their love of horror movies and stuff. But the parts that I really enjoyed about it are exactly what you're talking about, where you know, like metal metal fans are at a show but they're not wearing like the shirt of the band that they're going to see they're wearing like fucking freddy krueger t-shirts and fucking jason t-shirts and evil dead shirts and shit like that and that for me like when i started to get into metal and punk music and coming across people like you ty was was that whole vibe it's like okay you like this you like this check this out watch this movie here are three bands that sound like the bands in this movie and like come back and we can talk more about it and being at a, at a show can be like a really good experience like for me like it's it i'm i'm trying not to like jump out of my skin because i just have like social anxiety in those moments but i've trained myself over the years to like just focus on the music and enjoy myself but then like you have those moments where it's like you see somebody total stranger but you can immediately identify from like the patches on their vest or the shirt that they're wearing that they're just like you and you have common ground and you can like talk about movies you can talk about bands and you don't get that in like the in the normal world you know what i'm saying oh yeah and well, i think was... like bringing all of that together is is important you know like when when you're part of like a smaller like subset of people to have that ability to identify one another and you can like point at somebody from across the room and you're like yeah i like that guy style or you're like oh man that chick's cute and she knows about fucking evil dead trap oh my god i gotta go talk to her <laughs> oh man i don't at the same time though do you really want to go talk to a girl that's super into evil dead trap um, hey look run away life <laughs> life without risk is not worth living my uh, friend let me tell you i have on the dating apps, on, on my one of the dating apps, when I was swiping, some chick said, "If you can't sit through a Serbian film, swipe left." I swiped left. I was like, "I've seen the film. I'm good. I don't need to watch it again." I don't know anybody who's watched that more than once. She was all about. She's like, "If you can't keep watching this," I was like, "I can't. You got me. Bye." Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I talk this shit, and I'm I'm sitting right next to my copy of The Evil Dead Trap, so I I, I am guilty as well. Um. But no, like, kind of, kind of going back to what you're saying is, if you think about it, horror movies and heavy metal are both forms of art that inspire. I hate to use the word fanaticism, but it is a form of fanaticism. Generally speaking, if okay, outside of outside of Taylor Swift and that whole weird, bizarre, you know, apocalyptic death cult that she inspires. <laughs> if somebody's if somebody's into a band let's just let's just say imagine dragons because that's the first shitty band i could think of um because god i hate them um you don't see people into that style of music covering themselves in patches of similar bands or getting the tattoos or tailoring their entire wardrobe to be about that style. They don't have 50 million posters. I mean, like they might, there might be like a poster or two, but 
people that are generally into just you know, rock or pop you know, outside of the boy band stuff and the, the, you know, like J-pop and K-pop and all that, it's generally just, yeah, I enjoy that. And that's good background music. Same with people that are into normal mainstream movies. Um, you know, I'm not talking like, you know, the Scorsese stuff or anything like the Criterion Channel would put out because people will buy Citizen Kane original posters. But, you know, if you're into the Fast and the Furious movies, you're not getting a rock tattoo that says family or something like that. But generally speaking, like if you're into, into metal, you're, you're, you're doing that. You're, you're, if you're into horror, you're doing that. And I mean, like, I, I can't say anything. I've got misfits tattoos. I've got horror movie tattoos and that's the vast majority of my friends. If they have tattoos, it's something related to horror or metal, you know? Oh um, yeah, hundred percent. It's um, it's one of those things, like you said. Like for me, it's like an all or nothing kind of thing. Like I don't know many people who are like passive horror fans because, like, for me, like I love damn near anything. I mean, I I I'll watch fucking SOVs. Um, like a lot of the obscure stuff that gets just pulled from somebody's fucking attic and got restored, and I think. I think finding like those like those those kinds of moments and those kinds of movies and then you find somebody that also likes them you find out that like yeah like they're just as obsessed. I mean, I like to describe my place um that Caleb and I have uh when anybody asks like oh well like uh, where do you live like oh I mean, you know, we just live in an apartment but it looks like Halloween threw up in here. And I mean, we just have horror shit all over the place and I don't think I could have a home if I couldn't put up my posters from my movies. I mean, you've got the same setup going on at your place, Ty. Yeah. You know? No, but also, well, that's. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was. Um, I know, like, kind of going with what you guys are saying, like, you know, when I was getting into this, into this stuff, you know, for a while, I was like, I was, you know, like I said, small town, so I was like the kid that was into this stuff a lot more than most people. But like I said, it's like it's hard being able to find friends. And it's so funny when you have people that are like kind of normies, they come up to me because I got a full, you know, tattoo horror sleeve and all the time. Oh, you must really like horror. Yeah, that's why I'm wearing a T-shirt and I got the tattoos. Why else would I spend like, God, you know, God knows how much I spend on this arm alone. Or the people that like love to point at like a character on my arm and be like, hey, they point at Jason Leatherface. And I'm like, why did you just do that? So the guy, it's, it's on the arm. <laughs> Like, so it, it, it's, yeah, you don't get it with other genres of music or movies. Like you don't, uh, make Garrett says on his podcast, you don't have Western conventions. You don't have comedy conventions. Like <laughs> it's not a thing. You have horror conventions. You have, you know, like I said, metal concerts where as soon as you see someone's patch or their tattoos or their shirt or whatever, it starts a conversation. It's how, you know, me and Josh met when I went to, uh, the boat and they were doing you know they do all these things when you're in the navy when you first go to your command they're like okay so what do you want to do with your career when i mentioned films every time someone's like oh you gotta go talk to Allred. he's like he he has a film degree also they're like all right let's see how this goes because i mean like i've gone down this route and it's usually some <laughs> some dude that just is sucking the dick of scorsese and tarantino and then looks at me like oh you like horror films how dare you i'm like deal with that enough in film school i don't need to deal with that anymore 
Oh yeah, me and me, me, me and Ty were those guys in uh in film school. Yeah, I I, I was. Yeah. And well, I always I always joke about that that like you know I have a film degree and I can tell you all of the film theory and the, the you know the theories of the carnival esque and and all of these things, but I'm totally going to apply it to a manual on the last of the cannibals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, there was a guy uh, that came in to our ship like later on and we were on deployment and I got labeled as being like the movie guy. So like anytime somebody came down and they were watching something, they would like walk by and it was like, you put this on, didn't you? I'm like, yep. Like I played pink flamingos, your tax dollars at work. People I played pink flamingos for a bunch of dudes in our, in our birthing. And (laughs) I had people like take one look and walk away. It was fucking wonderful. But this guy was like, He's like, oh, you like movies, huh? Oh, well, I like this and I like that. And I think your movies suck. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, do you know that I could tell you 14 different reasons why my movie is better than your movie? And I will literally just go through and list every reason why your taste in movie sucks. And he <laughs> he never, he never wanted to get into a discussion with me because I was going to annihilate him. And that is some of my... uh one of my more prouder moments of like knowing all of this stuff that we learned in film school, but applying it to these movies that people on the surface would easily try and dismiss as less than, or, you know, poorly made. And I'm like, actually, if you really want to look at the facets of its construction and the time in which it came out, this is actually a pretty good movie, even if it is a jaws ripoff. And like, I, I fucking love that because I always just loved, putting people in their place when you know that they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. That's the best one. That's the best for me. Yeah. Well, at the, at the same time, like especially people who are into genre film, they're a little bit more forgiving of the flaws of a movie. Um, a little bit more accepting of the shortcomings. Prime example, you do not, you know, kind of touch back what you were talking about, like romantic comedies, you do not see people going, oh man, this is a great shot on video romantic comedy. They only had 35 bucks and they made it in their parents' basement. Nobody's talking about those kinds of movies. At the same time, like, you know, I just bought a copy of The Abomination and that movie was made for next to nothing. I think I think people paid them to make that movie, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, of course the special effects are terrible look at things that is a prime example that movie is horrible i love it it has no no plot that that resolves itself special effects are okay the acting is abysmal but we will still sit and watch it totally understanding it's yeah, well, understanding its limits and understanding its intent and its entertainment value as a whole versus, you know, like, does everything line up? Does he get the girl in the end? No, and it doesn't matter. It's more about the atmosphere and the feeling and the intent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, to, like, talk more about, like, like the heavy metal horror of it all, like, a lot of those movies are still being discussed and still have some kind of reputation behind them. And you won't get that from other, other genre films. You just won't, it just doesn't happen that way. And I think 
that says more about the people who enjoy them than it does and understanding their flaws than it ever does about, you know, oh, it only got released on video and never went in theaters. Oh, it's got a Rotten Tomatoes score of 12%. Like, <laughs> get, get fucked, man. Like, Don't even get me started with the conversation I had at work today. Like, when when I when I, when I first started to see like Rotten Tomatoes start to gain traction, I was like, what is this thing? And I looked at it and I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. This is literally like writing on a bathroom wall for movies. And then somebody going while they're wiping their ass going like, nah, yeah, I'm probably not going to see that now. Or like, oh man, that sounds great. I'm going to go do that today. Like, but it's really, it's, it's pointless. It's pointless. And at the same time, that word of mouth works for fucking punk and metal bands. It works for little shitty horror movies. Like people like one of the things I've always I've always loved and I'm and I'm looking forward to like owning owning a place one day is like having those kinds of conversations. That's why I wanted you to try and sell me on Slaughterhouse Rock. I was like I just I just plop this on your counter. I want to know exactly what I'm getting myself into. And you hyped me up for it. So thank oh, you. Oh God, do not hold that against me. No, no, um, dude. Look, I will never hold anything <laughs> against you because we have been friends for a long time now. And even if and and even if you were gonna, you know, try and like recommend a shitty movie to me, usually your first words are, it's a piece of shit, but I love it. And that's usually enough for me. <laughs> that is that is the selling point for so many movies. Is this is absolute garbage, and it's amazing. Um, yeah, that's that is that is a that is a compliment. It's, oh. it's wallow wallow in the trash. Raccoons live there for a reason. Yep. On um, to me, like as as actually, because you kind of brought up like Ron Tomatoes and like. You know this this particular overall mainstream movie season, if you will, and stuff. It to me, like what I like about these is like even these films aren't good. Like Hard Rock Zombies, it's not a good film, but goddamn, they tried. Like they put their heart into it. They actually they tried to make something out of it compared to these. Like you know, by the numbers, the studio gave them all the money they want. There was no real try to say hey, get this done so we can hit the release date and make some money because of its. You know, it's a name half the time when it's a franchise, and I that to me is why I will always take a piece of shit, even SOV horror film. I don't care because at least I know, hey, they tried, so it may be bad, but I know that these people fucking tried. And, um, yeah, the whole Ron to me, dear god, because I had a I was telling you about Josh earlier where I worked, you know, the, they like to mess with me. One of the guys likes to mess with me and be like. He he tries to go over my skin and be like to mess with me like horror sucks, man. It's dead. And I'm like, you're trying to like mess with me. Don't get me started, dude. Don't even go. I was like, I can tell you the fa- how like post COVID, the horror genre in the theater has been like the only the main genre still making money while everything else has barely been breaking even or flopping. Don't even get me started on this. Well, it's I mean it's spectacle. Um, people want to go to the theater and they want to have spectacle, and especially post COVID. Nobody wanted to go see some serious drama. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, let's go, let's go watch somebody, you know, slash up some, some obnoxious ass kids. It's, it's very cathartic. Uh, 
there's a particular trend in horror movies right now where it's somebody's dealing with their own trauma and like to me i'm kind of tired of the trope but at the same time like you know it's it's existing for somebody to get something out of but that i mean like that is the core of horror is it's it's release it's a it's a catharsis and that you know tie, tie it all back in that ties it all back in with metal that is the most cathartic music ever I read an article recently that was talking about that and they said on average people who listen to metal tend to actually be happier in a lot of ways than people who are not listening to metal. Um, it gets the, it gets the rap is like, Oh, it's very depressive and heavy metal fans kill themselves. That is complete total bullshit. Um, when you see a whole bunch of people getting together listening to metal it is i mean the the singer could be up on stage like you could go see slayer and they're up there doing angel of death which is you know it's it's about joseph mengel it is one of the grimmest things that has ever happened in human history at the same time the it's if you ever watch a live show the instant they launch into angel of death the entire crowd's faces are like grinning ear to ear like here is our catharsis here's somebody who gets it holy shit and that ties back into metal um it's 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 two peas in the pod oh for sure like i've 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 been one of those grinning idiots in 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 the pit at a slayer show it's absolutely it's absolutely a a means of release and getting getting this pent-up energy out of yourself that like otherwise if you were a, a more unhinged and maladjusted person you would probably take that out on your 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 neighbors or your dog or something terrible like that um did you ever see there was a um there was a study that got published where they were comparing the uh reading levels of pop music um some other genre and metal lyrics and saying that like basically like at the reading level metal lyrics were at like a college level or close to it. And like everything else was like kindergarten or like elementary level education. And if that doesn't, if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what else would. And like, that's, that's another aspect of, of metal and horror. That is, that is really probably one of its strongest suits is taking a terrible situation or a terrible concept, a terrible, you know, historical event and finding a safe way to explore it, discuss it, make fun of it, or allow you to, you know, take your, take your anger out on a horny zombie Hitler. Well, okay. Just kind of piggyback off of that too. And tying it back into horror. Um, metal is probably one of the most literate genres of music i was trying to rack my brain the other day thinking of like pop songs that are based off of books historical events etc and you've got you've got some of the like story songs of the 70s like you know the the night the lights went out in georgia and stuff like that but you know outside of kate bush's weathering heights there's not a lot that's based off of classic literature or stories and then you jump into metal and you've got 
you know, like they're 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 total dog shit now because of you know whatever. Don't want to get into political reasons, but like Ice to Earth, their entire discography is based on classic literature. Uh, Nile is all ancient Egyptian culture for the most part. Iron Maiden did the rhyme of the ancient mariner in song form. Uh, you get into like Metallica, who has the thing that should not be, which time that into horror is H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, same with called Cthulhu, but that's instrumental, so that doesn't really count. Uh, Anthrax did. It's almost a concept. Like there's a bunch of songs that aren't about it, but the the main gist of it is a you know among the living is about the stand. They read a book. They're explaining the book to you. It's a lot of these are very very well read individuals. Um, that said, I know a lot of people consider them to be the Britney Spears of black metal. If you go and you read Cradle of Filth lyrics, holy shit, is that like an insane level of gothic poetry? Uh, it is, it's it's cheesy as hell, but each one of their songs is like five or ten pages of gothic poetry set to music. And at the same time, if you've ever seen them live, the dude has to memorize all of that, do it live. Um, so yeah, heavy metal, very, very literate granted they're reading horror books which is awesome but it's it there's there's definitely an intelligent thought going into a lot of that what what i love about that is like people who like get it like the fan stuff they 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 get it right and then the people who don't it it it's usually what i've noticed at least a lot is that the ones who don't get that they they like to hide behind the same old same like negative criticism or we won't consider it but like they're not actually singing about, you know, these things are just screaming into a microphone. And I'm like, well, you do that then and see how well you do. And then come talk to me about it or just look up the lyrics. And like you said, you'll see like what they're singing about, where it'd be HP Lovecraft or all these other stuff um, that because they read a book and want to sing about it or something like that, like that they're actually doing, but they, they smartly, you know, so extreme to a lot of people. They're just like, I, I don't have time for that. But those who get it, like us, we're like, no, you just, just look up the lyrics and you'll see. Oh yeah, totally. Um, all right. So I wanna, I wanna talk about two specific people when it comes to like metal and horror. Um, one of them being everybody's favorite Canadian tuxedo wearing, uh, debate king, D. Snyder. And his movie Strangeland, which we talked about it on an episode of Filmgasm podcast a while ago, and the old format, yeah. yeah. Um, and and for me, like it, it, it had its, it had its moments. Um, and to like take it from song form, um, and then make it into an actual film, like it's got its problems, you know. Like it was, it was put together by a guy who didn't really have a lot of experience with writing a script, directing a movie, anything like that. And it has its merits. Um, it was, it was kind of one of those things that like came and went and then it's languished on DVD for forever. Now um, it was like an early predictor of kind of like what, like what would be, what would become like torture porn and, and shit like that. But it also like, it also had this interesting angle, unlike lone wolf, um of exploring um the early internet and what it 
what what it was back then for like people like me and Ty to like you know make our daily visits to rotten.com and try to find the most foul shit we could and go like hey dude did you see this you know oh my um, god just conversations at school huh oh, oh i miss rotten.com so much to me, to me like strangely came out that time we had like that and like fear.com that like surge of like early like internet horror films that was coming out and the dangers of the you know the early internet at the time I mean, dude, the 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 Wild West is what I like to call it. Like you thought you were chatting to a fellow 16 year old girl who was so eager to meet you. But it was definitely a sweaty dude in his mom's basement, like just cranking it to your Internet fucking sexy times. Well, sometimes you just found out the hard way back when a uh, good old Omega on Chat Relay came out. And I was like, well, now we just know what they're doing. <laughs> you, know it what? Is. you know what? Chat roulette needs to come back. Really scare kids off the internet. That's what I'm talking about. Really show them some scary shit. That's yeah. Let's do that. Somebody do that. Some of you nerds out there, bring chat roulette back. Let's do that. Let's let's. I let's do it. I, I vaguely remember. I, I'm gonna miss quotes. I can't remember the full quote, but somebody back in the early days of the internet said something like, "The internet is where all the hot women are fat dudes and all the children are FBI agents." <laughs> <laughs> and i mean like that was that was the truth it was it was a weird weird time but we had rotten.com and we had the style project so man good old days oh yeah so you you said you hadn't seen strange land since it came out what do you remember about it ty man what i remember about strange land because that came out god that was like 90 Seven ninety eight, something like that. Am I, am I completely off? Ninety eight. Okay, so ninety eight. I was graduating high school, and it was it was the era. God, without to like ramble on, the late nineties. That was the era of the beginning of. It wasn't necessarily the beginning, but it was it was the peak of having those super edgelord dudes who would get tons of facial piercings and wear big trench coats and never bathe. They lived to buy booze for underage kids and still clung on to like the greatest metal band ever was, was merciful fate and King diamond. Hmm. So I started, I remember, I remember watching that movie and thinking like, ah, shit. Okay. This is, this is okay. This is okay. But at the same time, it was also the height of, getting VHS tapes imported from Europe. So I watched it once and completely forgot about it because at that time, like I was getting hammered with like, here's all this weird shit from Germany. And there was Fox industries, which I believe were out of Florida that were sending mixtapes out to people. And that stuff was, that stuff was pretty crazy. So my memories of strange land are kind of this is good but we we've got some crazier stuff right now um i remembered not disliking it but just thinking it was very okay and it was kind of weird to see d snyder without the drag queen makeup yeah yeah he's he, so, he can actually be even scarier yeah and at the time too like it was it was once again the 90s where 
every decade hates the previous decade stuff. So in the nineties, we're all like, man, fuck all that hair metal shit. Fuck all those pussy ass things. You know, we've, we've graduated onto black metal and industrial metal and, and all of that. So this, this old dinosaur, which is coming back. Yeah. Let's all, let's all pierce the bridge of our noses and get our nipples done. And then we'll get tribal tattoos, bro. We're going to be so hard. Dare just bring up nineties metal and not bring up the, the, what was fucking new metal. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I think, I, I still think new metal is one of the worst things to, to happen to human culture ever. God. <laughs> well, and that too. Like, once again, once again, to piggyback off of New Metal, you had when New Metal came out in the 90s, that was also about the shift in horror movies where you got, I'm, I'm going to get yelled at for this. You had the Scream movies. And to me, I equate Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Urban legend, all of that is basically the filmic equivalent of corn and limp biscuit and disturbed and and all of that. I mean like it just it 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 comes out, it fills the need, it has the horror elements, just like New Metal had the metal elements, but it's not to sound like a purist, but it it loses it loses what made the shit good in the first place. I mean, you're not wrong, like I used to uh, I used to skip school to do extra work just so I could look at film sets for like Dawson's Creek and fucking one. Oh, yeah. Hill. Um, I uh, I had a class. <laughs> I'm sure both of us start in like several episodes of those oh, shows. Totally, totally. Um, I uh, I actually I skipped a class that was in uh, the auditorium at the uh, business school at UNCW. You remember that? Oh yeah. So I skipped a class that was in there. Only to come back there and shoot scenes while I was getting paid. I was pissed, but I was also like, well, at least I'm paying. I'm getting paid to be here now. <clears throat> so that was that was really funny. But then, yeah, you did have a lot of the uh, <clears throat> the fucking WB, CW, whatever fucking kids being in all the horror movies and stuff. And like, I <clears throat> I do I do like Scream. Like, I think the. At the time when I saw it, I was like 13, I think, when it came out. It was it was the excitement of getting to see a, a Wes Craven movie. And I was a big fan of Nightmare on Elm Street and Hills Have Eyes and, and stuff like that. So, like, I, I really enjoyed it. And, like, it it absolutely became a product of its time. And like it or hate it, like, I think I, I, I think it did. I think it did good for for the genre, but then it also simultaneously like became a victim of its own success because you did have I know what you did last summer, Urban Legend, fucking all these other fucking just shitty ass fucking teen slasher movies that I nope. just I, I I could never. And then I'm sorry, but once you put Creed on the soundtrack, your movie loses credit for me. I'm sorry. What is, what is? <laughs> God well, damn it. that's i mean like that's that's all the time when i'm talking about this kind of stuff and i mean it sounds like i'm like i'm being a big old asshole and kind of am about it but i always equate the first scream movie to the first corn album in that corn came out in 94 and 
everybody rushed out and got it. Like I was in a small town. So all the metalheads hung out with all the punk kids, hung out with all the hardcore kids. And we all bought the corn album. You'll have tons of people older going, Oh, I always hated corn. I never listened to that shit. And I, I have to call bullshit on that because that's like a quintuple platinum album. So somebody bought it. Um, yeah. But we, we all heard it. We all went like, wow, this is something completely new. And then as soon as you got through that first listen, you were like, okay, so it was something a little bit different, but God damn it. Now everything's going to be exactly like this, isn't it? And of course the next year, you know, like Sepultura did Roots, which is a corn ripoff. Limp Biscuit comes out. Like you, you had that. And it's the same thing with Scream. Like Scream came out in 96, I think. Yeah. Um, I saw that in the theater. So Went to go see that in the theater. Yeah. And you, you come out of the theater and you're like, you know what? That was, that was interesting. They did, they did a, a different take on the slasher formula, but I see this being the next thing that everybody copies and sure as shit, you know, the, the next year you had, you know, scream clone one, scream clone two, scary movie. It, it did that and it, it brought something that I think we're still trying to recover. And it's been almost 30 years later. We're trying to recover from scream. And it, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of shitty. It's not necessarily screams fault, but you have to throw scream in there because they're, they're the ones who opened that Pandora's box. I'm just going to put my point of view in here as the, yeah, I mean, you have to, as the, as the one born in 92. Um, so I won't lie. I'm very, I get nostalgic for these like late nineties, two thousands um, stuff. So like, I, I do see where like a lot of people come from, but for me, I'm definitely like kind of biased and that like, I was huge in the scream. I I'll say it. I it's on record. I was very much in the new metal when I got into metal you know, corn and Limp Biscuit and Slipknot and, you know, eventually for kind of like my gateway to get into other stuff. And, um, but I always see what people mean. Cause I'm like, okay, I get it, but I can't hope to get nostalgic a little bit when I'm like, Oh, Hey, corn's playing a song or, you know, uh, the two thousands when they were big about playing like metal music at, during the end credits, like, Hey, here's a non-point song after Fravor's Jason. How's that sound? And it's like, I, I well, I get nostalgic a little bit. Well, you know, not not saying that one is cooler than the other, but the the thing that I tell a lot of of people that come in and they're like, you know, they'll be they'll be a little bit younger than than me or a little bit younger than anybody else that's that's around, and they'll say something like, "Oh yeah, I know it's I know it's fucked up, but I've never seen the Evil Dead." Nobody was ever born cool. Anybody who ever acts that way is is completely and totally full of shit. Like, even you know, Josh and I who grew up in the eighties, neither of us were born clutching a copy of Master of Puppets. You know, nobody came out of the womb with like corpse paint and and a bullet belt. Nobody was born Lemmy except for Lemmy. So there there is absolutely no shame in loving that stuff, especially from a nostalgic point of view. Mm-hmm it's it's more i don't know like the frustration of if you've already gone through all of this stuff and then you see some like a cultural event happen and you're like ah it's it's not 
and it's not saying that anything is objectively bad. It's just saying it's not for me. But when it comes in and erases all the stuff that you do like, that's when it becomes kind of a problem. Um, so yeah, and not not bashing on on any of that shit. Well, other than Limp Biscuit because they fucking suck. <laughs> but and that's that's total. It, it's what we refer to as rape rock. Um, but and not and yeah, not in like, the cool mentors way. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> bringing up the mentors. Um, I, I will say oh. I've on the. God damn. I will say I, I am, counter your mentors with the dwarves. <laughs> I will say I'm kind of getting on like starting to slowly go on the other side of this, but I'm kind of like coming from all from y'all's perspective now with that because I do remember. Again, because like I was a like for me like I was a teenager like for example when the Saw films were coming out so I'm like I just I love those films because I was I was a teenager I was big in the torture porn stuff I love that for that period of time 2000s we were just getting extreme shit put into theaters left and right um for a brief period of time at least um but then like when Paranormal Activity came out and started like taking away and then I was like oh shit this is taking over oh shit people really like this I kind of had the moment of like this is good but i don't i don't want it to go to this i and then sure enough we got you know the found footage craze and then the supernatural craze we've been going through since the conjuring took off um so i it's yeah it, it's just a weird cycle of life where like you're on one end you're like well i'm nostalgic for this and then you eventually become like oh god damn it this new thing that i'm just not as into well and it, and that's that's fine i mean like there's there's there needs to be everything for everybody kind of thing but it's more of when it chokes out everything mm. else. That's when it becomes a problem. Um, and, you know, kind of going back to the nineties, that was, that was a weird time. Cause you free scream, you had like Candyman, uh, you know, some of the or return of living dead three, you had a bunch of really Lord of illusions. Holy shit. Lord of illusions in the mouth of madness. Those were great. Yeah. Army of darkness, army of darkness granted it was late 80s but it was just coming over to the states in the 90s you had uh tetsuo the iron man tetsuo 2 uh necromantic was coming over there there were options yeah and that's and that's like that's like having that conversation with like you you always have that one friend who manages to find the weird shit and they're the ones that are able to kind of like cut through the bullshit and show you some show you something completely different and that is like very typical of metal and horror fans always being the guys like dude i just got this tape mailed from a dude who makes music in his basement in fucking germany and it's the most brutal shit i've ever heard like well what does he sing about i don't know i'm not fucking german but it sounds cool as shit and boom there you go like that was like those fucking movies coming out of Germany and shit. Like it was just totally, totally out of left field. Totally out of left field. Yeah, and it was it was great. And that, thanks to the internet, that's kind of widespread now. And uh, the, sure. the, the internet kind of killed it. Killed the the personal aspect of it. Yep. But at the same time, um, it has opened up so many avenues to be able to explore this and. You know, once again, going back to the, to what you were talking about with the um, like heavy metal and the horror doing that together, I, 
it used to be it used to be tape trading where you'd get you know vhs tapes from germany uh the the story that that gets told a lot uh, amongst all of my friends is back in the day we were recording techno tapes and really shitty dance music that we would get in like clearance bins at like turtles music which that tells you how long ago that was and we would send it off to norway and they would send us mayhem tapes and burzum tapes and send them off to south america and we would get you know uh sepultura tapes and whatnot um same thing with you know the movies we would send a x amount of money or send like a blank tape or a tape that had like some american slasher movie on it over to germany and they would send us back necromantic or oddly enough uh movies like darkness the vampire version that's how that ended up becoming popular like that got made in america nobody gave a shit it goes over to germany blows up and then germany starts sending tapes of it back to the u.s um so yeah it's 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 all it's two areas where people are super super passionate kind of coming together and you know to go all the way back to what we were talking about i just wish that they went together a little bit better in a lot of cases and we got better metal movies um which i mean that kind of that kind of you know not to not to say transition but that kind of brings what we were talking about earlier with the big one the big <laughs> elephant in the room the big dude you were fucking you were like elephant. right inside my brain you're right inside my brain i was yeah. about to try and find a way to get there and you did it go for it the cowboy hat wearing motherfucking noise complaining asshole that i love rob fucking zombie um why is it that he cannot make a good goddamn movie and, so, and it, it's it it's it's fucking painful um at least and i know i know like that just alienated like 60 percent of anybody who's into horror movies they're like oh but rob zombie's a genius i'm uh, not online it's 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 weird like dealing with the horror community you have it's a mixed bag you never know what you're going to get when you're like oh yeah you like horror movies somebody's either just going to bust out with like rob zombie is the greatest he he can do no wrong or god damn what the fuck is wrong with rob zombie and for me personally i'm i'm sitting there somewhere in the middle like i absolutely love white zombie they are they are one of my favorite bands i think they have i mean even going back to their weird 80s noise rock stuff i think they have a damn near perfect discography lost exorcisto is a masterpiece it's one of my all-time favorite records mm-hmm. rob zombie has great taste in horror movies that was like i was i was 12 or 13 when Lost Exorcisto came out, and the first time my friend Kevin played it for me, that first song, it gets to, like, there's some Russ Meyer clips, and there's some porno clips. It hits that breakdown, and there's that sample from The Mummy, where it goes, do you have to open graves to find girls to fall in love with? And I was like, this this guy loves the same shit I do. This is incredible. And then he goes off and does his solo stuff, and the solo stuff's not good. He does House of Thousand Corpses, and it's like you can see the intent there and it's it's kind of like how he does with the music like here's little snippets of all these movies that i love that just doesn't gel together 
it's it, it's like he needs he needs somebody to reel him in. He knows what good movies are, what good culture is, and it's not just horror movies. Like the guy throws in so many references to just seventies grindhouse trash, which is that is that is the trash bin that I will wallow in for eternity. Um, but he doesn't know why they're good. Like he he can he can pick up Sugar Hill and go, God, Sugar Hill is such an, a masterpiece of a movie. Why? But he doesn't know why. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I just like it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that's one that's one thing you could say about it. But like, okay, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about Rob's movies, and I think I think we can find a way to button this all up. Watch this, people. We said it. We're gonna stick this landing. Um, so like, like we said, but before we recorded, like, um, for me, house of thousand corpses is like a long form white zombie video in that you've got all of these, all of these references to other horror movies, like, uh, fifties and seventies movies that he was really into, um, you know, really, really good placement of music, um, getting to see it uh, in a theater again, um was really great because that moment where he does the long take with the crane over that was it like uh slim pickens or some shit whoever that fucking yeah dude? yeah uh, warren doggins character yeah 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 so like where he's doing that whole fucking thing and like the music cuts out and he's just holding that shot forever and ever and ever and ever that is still one of the most effective sequences in a movie that i've that i've seen it's it's great it really like pulls up the tension to where like you don't know when it's going to happen but you know something fucked up is about to happen and then after that it just takes a complete nosedive into the fucking grind zone and it just the, the movie just continues to assault your ass like it's just relentless and i appreciate that i fucking appreciate it like when i first saw it i was blown away by it and not expecting that from from rob zombie i mean you you say that out loud and somebody's like, you look at Rob Zombie and you don't think he's going to make a movie like that. And I'm like, yeah, no, because how do you know? Like your only reference point up to that time was the white zombie videos and his early um, solo videos that he directed. Like that was your only reference point for like this guy may or may not know how to make an, make an effective movie. Well, so just to interject for a second, I think especially with him, it's it's that he might know too much um yeah so when he's when he's making these movies he's looking at it and he's going all right well for this scene i'm going to reference spider baby then i'm going to reference this and then i'm going to reference that and then i'm going to make a reference to this and that whereas all the movies that he's referencing with a few exceptions a lot of those were not made by horror directors you know like quote unquote horror directors uh, the best example, like Spider Baby, which he constantly references, uh, and I get it. I love that movie. I mean, that's the whole one of the big reasons he cast Sid Haig in it. Mm-hmm. That movie was made by Jack Hill. His other credits are like Foxy Brown and Coffee, and he was he was doing a lot of black exploitation. I mean, like this was before he did all that. But Jack Hill was not a horror director. He just made a horror movie. Um. And that's the same with like a lot of the the grindhouse directors. Uh, I mean, like even even big name grindhouse directors like Rogero Diodato, 
he's famous for cannibal holocaust but he made more like politioteskis and crime movies than he did anything else uh later in his career he just you know he leaned into the cannibal thing but most of these movies that he loves were made by people who were not super invested in the genre they were just doing it because we know that horror will sell i think with rob he's coming in there with his whole brain full of monsters and it's just it's it's vomiting out and it doesn't quite gel yeah yeah i think i think for me like his his high point came really quick because the devil's rejects on its own is is a good time like i think I, i think he did try and practice a little more restraint with like what he was trying to reference in that movie and how he was trying to you know still have the the explicitness that is kind of like a running theme with a lot of his movies um and it's definitely well if i'm doing my ranking it's probably like house of thousand corpses and then devil's rejects and that even is interchangeable with um lords of salem which i just think is just a bananas fucking weird moody probably his most artful movie um if i'm being honest and that's like that's like my top three um and he just it's hard because like i want to root for him as like the kid who first saw rob zombie videos from beavis and butthead and seeing um that kind of shit like on mtv and like kind of him just being like ubiquitous through through my through my teen years and whatnot like i I want everything that he makes to fucking be great um and it's hard sometimes because like it feels like he just doesn't he i I admire the attitude that he makes the movies that he wants and he doesn't care what people think about them but again like like you're saying like there are times where it feels like he does just know too much well the devil's rejects the reason i think that one works is because it's not a horror movie it's a 70s road trip movie yep. so he's he's doing the the same thing like in the reverse of you know what i said jack hill did so he's a horror movie guy making a road trip movie and it has those elements in it so yeah you know there's there's the shootout there's the murder there's there's all this shit but he's definitely looking at movies like badlands or or easy rider or something like that and going you know i can make a cool 70s road trip movie that just happens to have these characters from this horror movie that i made and that's i i think that's why that one works like i as much as i'm I'm talking shit about rob zombie i do really love the devil's rejects i Mm -hmm. went and saw it in the theater like three or four times yeah yeah go ahead caleb your turn Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, um, I again, I'm, I'm, I, I, I tend, I'm not, I'm kind of like what type. I'm in the middle, but I, I do kind of lean a little bit more towards really liking uh, Rob's stuff. I think it has probably a lot to do with that when I was, I think it sounds like with you, you, you two, you two to an extent, when I was getting into you know metal or metal and horror, and people would always ask me, I was like, you know, what are some of your top five metal bands? Rob Zombie was always in there. Because as a kid, seeing this guy that was doing these, you know, heavy metal music, but with this horror imagery and the music videos, really just 
stuck, you know, you know, stuck out to me. And yeah, you know, I had heard the right time stuff. I was like, oh, this stuff's really good. I I like his I like his solo career quite a bit, admittedly myself. Um, um, I'm with some hits and misses with the more recent albums. Um, but I I got really in that, and then you know, I was God. I think I was in like maybe those came out in two thousand five. Yes. Yeah, I I was maybe a teenager at that time at best, and it was one of those films that like. I'm sure this happened um, with you guys too, and we always hear like in the in the scoreyard, "Oh, you won't believe a movie I watched." Oh, it's it was fucked up. Um, that was Devil's Rejects to me. Like everyone talked about the motel scene, it was always like, "Oh, you won't believe what's in that movie." It's so fucked up. And so when I watched it, I was just blown away. But I was like, "This is the same guy who gave me Hellboy Deluxe." Like, what the fuck? And from there, I just kind of got hooked. Um. I do think a lot of his more recent film. I I do agree that yeah I, I think he needs to get reined in sometimes. I don't. I think he's technically, technical wise, a really good director. Technical wise, I do think sometimes yeah. someone needs to step in and with his writing, and be like, dude, not every character needs to be white trash, <laughs> like this. It doesn't always work in everything you 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 make. Um. So I, I do sometimes think he needs to have someone rein him in on like his, his, his the writing the dialogues. I think technically speaking, he's a fantastic director. Um, but I'm I'm with you and like I definitely especially his labor work. I don't it doesn't ever really gel for me. Like Three from Hell was a was a fucking letdown for a, a number of reasons. You know, Thirty One didn't really mesh with me. I I like monsters the monsters. I'll say it a bit more than most, but I'm not saying it's a good film at the same time. Oh. Um, <laughs> I want to put that out there don't come at me <laughs> well no but that that to me the monsters totally strengthens in my opinion that argument of yeah he watched the shit out of the monsters and like I, me personally i am a huge monsters fan oh yeah and yeah he watched every single episode he pulled out stuff like uncle gilbert and, and all of this but he doesn't understand why the monsters are good and this is this is the, this is the old schoolyard argument of between you know like the Adams family and the monsters, and like me personally, I always liked the monsters better because they were a group of monsters, you know, code for weirdos, outcasts, what have you. If you want to get super political, it's you know it's the race thing, whatever, whatever the outsider is that society sees as abnormal, but they think they're completely normal, yep. and that's. Like the Adams family, they and I love the Adams family, but they're always like somebody would come to the door and knock on it, and they would open up the door and they'd be like, "Do you want to enter our wonderland of weirdness? Aren't we kooky?" Whereas the monsters went and knocked on their door and they opened it up, and there's the fire breathing dragon, and they're like, "Come on in and have have a biscuit and some tea." And I don't think that he got that. Like he didn't understand that the reason the monsters were always great is that you could take those characters and put them and take all the monster makeup off and it would just be a normal sitcom. The ultimate humor came from the fact that, you know, like Herman Munster is the giant Frankenstein monster that's goofy and thinking that he's talking to space aliens on his walkie talkie. Um, so that's for me personally, that's why I didn't, I didn't like the monsters. I didn't even finish it. Like I got up to the part where Herman was singing the the joke songs i was like that's 
you completely and totally miss the whole purpose of Herman Munster's character. He's he's somebody's loving grandpa kind of thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's not he's not a rock star. I, I won't lie, it's it's definitely something in my collection, but that's because I'm a completionist and I can't help myself. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, but, uh, look, no shame. Like what you like, man. Oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna bust your balls only because we're friends and and that's what I like to do. But like <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> oh but with that, I will concur with, with you, Josh, that for me, the one two punch of house styles horses and devil's rejects. I, I I do think in a way he kind of like he peaked a little bit early movie wise because like and, and that's a whole story with like him doing the Halloween films and the wine it's, it's a whole thing um but you know he had that one two punch and I I do find Lords of Salem to be a very underrated film in his career because it was him trying to say like okay let me show you a different side from once and I was sitting there going because I remember watching first time going where's this Rob Zombie we don't get this like ever except for this one singular time in this movie yeah i mean i even i mean i i've i've seen most of his movies in theaters when they when they did come out and lords of salem was probably like the most engrossing experience i had with with a rob zombie movie for sure and say what you want like his halloween 2 is one of the more like <laughs> art housey approaches to a fucking horror movie that You'll see. I mean, obviously, nobody can top the art house extravaganza that is extra. Nobody ever will. But <laughs> the fact that you had a movie from where you're like so close to the mind of Michael Myers that like you kind of like you kind of get what his motivation is, but it's never like explicitly stated that this is why he's doing the things he's doing. It's just kind of like it's kind of giving you an insight, <clears throat> which I found interesting. I don't know that it works for the movie as a whole. It's just an interesting take. And if and if you're going to make a movie to piss off Harvey Weinstein so you don't have to make another movie with him, fucking go ahead and make fucking Halloween 2 the way Rob Zombie did. Like, go for yeah. it. Like, and that's... I was just going to say, and, and that's why I can respect him for making the movies that he wants to make and he's not concerning himself with whether or not millions upon millions of people like it that I, halloween halloween 2 always cracks me up because it devolves into a fleetwood mac video <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the Hall the halloween movies occupy a very weird spot for me because i am a insanely huge halloween fan and, and a thorn time, scholar I, I i will say that if you ever oh want my to know, god you ever want to know how Ty really feels where the Halloween franchise really went <laughs> off the rails and really fucked up? Let him, let him, you know, just just sit back and let Grandpa talk to you about the Thorn fucking mythology that he has in his brain. It's great. I love oh, it. God, that's that's like a three-hour discussion. But you know, with with that said, um, I went in with an open mind to those, and right off the start, I would say that if. Like I, I do like the the Platinum Dunes Texas Chainsaw remake, but I feel like if they had given Rob Zombie the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series to do a remake of, I think that would be great. I think that would have really put him into the into the sphere of like 
I'm trying to think of the best way to put this with the the horror nerds that are a little bit more outside of the mainstream that don't like Rob Zombie stuff. I think if they gave him Texas Chainsaw and let him do something similar to like Texas Two or Four, and make it this weird ass psychedelic, bizarre, shitty dialogue, crazy filled white trash extravaganza like he turned Halloween into, it would have been fun. It would have been great. I probably would have loved it, but you gave him the most serious out of the out of all the slashers, and it it doesn't work. Um, I don't hate the Halloween movies that he did as much as the David Gordon Green ones, but I still don't think that they're great. Mainly for me, it boils down to like okay. Short story aside, when Hall- that Halloween came out, uh. I was working in a tattoo shop and one of our clients gave us like tons of free passes and he was, he was friendly with us. So at noon, the day that it came out, I went and saw it and came back and was like, guys, it's, it's not good. <laughs> then, and everybody was like, there's no way it's Rob zombie. He's doing Halloween. It's gotta be great. You're full of shit. So one of them, you know, this is the, back in the days of pirate Bay. One of our friends got, a bootleg of the director's cut that day and came screaming in and made us watch it in the in the shop for a second time and i'm like no guys all right this is the second time i've seen it in like four hours it still sucks (laughs) then that night the guy who gave me the passes was like hey uh you know all those free passes i gave you well you got to earn them back by showing up in your michael myers outfit to do promotion at the it was the carmike theater yeah Um, yeah i know he's like you got to Yep, he's like, you got to show up. You got to do the Michael Myers thing. You got to walk around. You've got the full outfit. So I went and saw it a third time that day. I was like, God damn it! It's the third time I've seen this movie today. I get home and my roommate's like, Guess what? I got a bootleg of it. We got to watch it. And I'm like, I've seen it three times today. My opinion has not changed. It still fucking sucks. But I had to sit through it a fourth time. So I watched that movie four times the day that it came out. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> um. But for me, like, you know, he, he turned it into a, he turned Michael Myers into a white trash serial killer with a stripper mom. I'm like, that, that's the exact opposite of what make, makes Michael Myers cool. But it all boiled down to me. It did not sound like, you know, like white knight in this thing, but the fact that he had William Forsythe look his wife in the face and deliver the lines. I hope that crip, those cripples down there purge their snork all over your flappy titties. <laughs> like, holy shit, dude! You know, I'm 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 in for everything. Like, I, I you know, I'll watch gory movies, I'll watch mean ass movies, but you just you just wrote the lines in the script and had an actor say that to your wife. That's that's something else, buddy. <laughs> That's the mark of a true artiste. Yeah. And I was like, crazy. great. Things crazy at that wow. time because of Devil's Rejects, the high of that, everyone's like, Rob Zombie's doing Halloween. And the discourse has changed so much since then. Well, I mean, yeah. love, it, love it or hate it, that movie was holding a record for being the most profitable movie on like Labor Day weekend for fucking years like it was still just sitting there it's like it made a shit ton of money like say what you want like people paid money for that shit unlike ty he did not pay a dime for it and saw it for yeah 
But who's <laughs> the real winner here? Uh, I mean, I th- I I think we can all agree oh, Ty was the real winner, or was he the the just the tragic victim in this story? Oh my god! Well, I mean, like uh, even for a week, <laughs> like there was a week after that, because like you know, at at the time, you know, it's it's pre-internet where you can't just go post on on Facebook. Hot take: Saw Halloween. It's crap. So <laughs> you had to like. You had to like individually tell everybody that you ran across. They'd be like, "Oh my god, have you seen Halloween yet?" I'm like, yeah, I've seen it four times. Well, it's great, right? No. Well, let's go see it again. I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I will not go to this. No, you will not make me go see this again. No. That that said, Halloween two rolled around, and the same person was like, "All right, you got free movie passes." dress up in your in your michael myers outfit again come down to the theater you've got to see this shit so i'm at the midnight showing of halloween 2 and went in and one of my friends was already drunk and as soon as it started off with the uh moody blues night white nights in white satin he just went fuck this hippie shit and got up and left oh my god a fleetwood mac video so had he stuck around he really would have gotten to see the hippie shit yeah, 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 you really would have. Shame shame on you. You did not fucking stay for the payoff. <laughs> you came for, for Moody Blues, and then you got Stevie Nicks and her horse dream. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, I think I think we've I think we've managed to 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 talk a lot. And I, I was not expecting us to be able to hit the the notes that we did. Um, with that said, um, don't be afraid to pop on fucking shitty horror movie. If you got a house full of people and you want to get them to leave, put on Lone Wolf, show them some fucking slaughterhouse rock (laughs) or, you know, a little monster dog. Um, I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe you just want to fucking spin some records backwards. I'm not sure. Um, but I really did have a great time with this tie. Like it's, it's almost like we're at the video store, just chewing the fucking shooting, the shooting the shit. And, uh, I, uh, I really thank you for, uh, for hanging out with us for a little while. Um, oh, yeah. it's, uh, the, the, the sun is down so you can go out there and, and stalk the streets of Asheville and fight bears and, you know, kill hippies. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna go play heavy metal horror music now. Hell yeah! But don't don't forget to play your records backwards, you know, and point the speakers at the street so all the children can become possessed and murder their parents. Well, that's there's there's one metal record, and I cannot remember which one it is that makes fun of that, and it says it's worse forwards than backwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! And then you can end the night with Rob Zombie's Halloween. Two. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. Um, feel free to search us out on the interwebs. You know, uh, there's a Facebook page, there's an Instagram page, there's a Twitter page, Saul under Filmgasm Productions. Uh, me and Caleb are out there on uh, on the internet as well. If you want to, uh, you know, assert yourself and say that no, Rob Zombie is the Orson Welles of our time, and I will hear nothing of it. Come at me, bro. Why not? I love talking movies, so I will tell you why your opinion sucks. Um, but yeah, uh, have fun. Don't uh, don't eat too much candy. 
and uh, make sure uh, to always play your records backwards uh, and yell at your mom. And crack geodes. That's how you open the gate. Thank you.